This is Action and Ambition, the show that takes you all over the world to share interviews with the most successful and relevant people on the planet. Hear their backstory, get the most important lessons they've learned on their road to success, and hear exclusive tips on how to implement their success in your own life. Action and Ambition is brought to you by Entrepreneur Magazine and your host, Andrew Metal. Welcome to the Action and Ambition Podcast. I'm your host today, Chase Geiser. And with us, we have a very special guest. Ruben Galindo Steckel is the visionary CEO behind AirTM, a leading online platform that provides financial services to users around the world. His commitment to promoting financial freedom and reducing economic restrictions has helped hundreds of thousands of people save money, make local payments, and transfer funds quickly and affordably. Ruben, it's an honor and a pleasure to have you on the Action and Ambition Podcast. How are you today, sir? Hi, Chase. I'm very well. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Absolutely. Absolutely. So one of the questions I like to start with on this podcast when speaking with such distinguished professionals as yourself is where was your mind at when you were 18? Oh, girls. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that was my number one priority. <laughs> How'd it I work out for you? One of those. It worked out well. Um, <laughs> I guess depends how you look at it. I, I spent most of my high school career chasing <laughs> sure, me too. Uh, and me that, that that made it such never catching always chasing of, yeah guys chase girls until girls catch them uh but <laughs> those those I, are the words of a sage right there yeah it's not not my words <laughs> but i did spend a lot of time uh focusing on the wrong things and so i had to yeah um i had a tough time getting into college to be honest did you just have bad grades in high school, that sort of thing? Horrible grades in high school. Me too. Uh, the, the, the types of calls that my parents would get instead of other parents that were, you know, uh, deciding or helping their kids decide which school to go to were like, hey, your kid could probably get into Santa Monica Community College if you really, really tried or something, uh, uh, which was not, um, not seen as like ideal by my father who went to a very prestigious university here in the States. Yeah. And so I ended up going back to Mexico for school. And in fact, I, I maybe only got to college because they, they kind of took my PE classes as part of my GPA. And that was like barely passing enough to, for me to get into college. Uh, that and the math test had the, um, multiple choice answers filled in. Um, wow. uh, so I got super lucky. I got into advanced math, which I then failed twice, uh, which was like my way of learning the cost of, of I guess, extremely good luck. <laughs> right, right. It's expensive sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that, that was me at 18. So when did you realize that you were going to be an entrepreneur or a CEO? Well, the system never really worked for me. Sure. Um, school was it was great for other kids, but I always had a tough time. Uh, I always, therefore, knew that I had to figure out my own way because the system was very good at reminding me how I did not fit in its model. Mm -hmm. And so I, I always knew that I was going to have to start something because I just couldn't see myself working for any company that worked as school did. In my mind, school was 
a representation of the other systems, you know, work, mm -hmm. for instance, in a traditional company. And so since a very early age, I, I just knew I had to do things myself. Sure. So what was the first venture that you did that was in any way, shape or form entrepreneurial? Was it something you did during college or after leaving the university? It was, it was something I did before college. Um, during high school, I set up this thing called ER Picks. My friend Enzo and I would go to parties and we'll take pictures, <laughs> That's awesome. uh, which was another excuse to go to parties, to, to more parties. <laughs> right. Yeah, that was it. And so would you like sell the pictures to the people at the, at the parties? How, what was the business model? Uh, we got paid like a hundred bucks a party to go take yeah. the photos. We have this very cool wide angle lens and a very powerful flash, which would make everyone look super cool. Yeah. You take pictures like this far from your face and your face would look out look, or take the whole frame. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the business model was get invited to the parties. I didn't really care for the hundred bucks. <laughs> <laughs> so at what point did you just, at what point did you decide to start AirTM? So I was in college and I actually tried to start businesses before AirTM, but I didn't really understand how to go from zero to one uh, i would go to these startup conferences where we'd hear stories about i don't know um uh, people starting businesses but even though i had a lot of ideas i never seemed to be able to go from idea to actually a product working and at some point i ended up in san francisco doing an internship for a Bitcoin startup, which was, I guess, my way of understanding how to go from zero to one. And mm. uh, honestly, I got this, this uh, internship thanks to my dad who introduced me to a friend of his who had started a crypto exchange early, early on in 2015. Wasn't FTX, was it? <laughs> no, FTX came a few years later. Uh, this was way earlier. This crypto exchange was founded in like 2013 or something. Oh, wow. And I was working there in 2015. And they had a very cool technology, which allowed people to create this crypto wallets uh, and hold stable assets on them. And they also had this API that allowed businesses to build on top of this blockchain infrastructure. And our job was to figure out how to sell this to other businesses, you know, as any intern unpaid would do they'd come into a company uh i guess with the idea of well if if you manage to sell it awesome if you don't well awesome because you didn't really have an impact the company negatively uh it's like a very uh low risk job for any sure any i guess intern and we we actually were not able to sell this api to anyone uh, we talked to some telcos and some remittance businesses. But at the end, the best this company could do was to convince us interns to start a business using their API. And so we kind of got guided by our then boss at this company um, to, to leverage Uphold's API to do something cool. And so he had the idea of helping people get access to these blockchain assets 
through an over-the-counter marketplace for these blockchain assets where random people could buy and sell these blockchain assets from each other in a peer-to-peer way, as you would on eBay. But instead of selling a bicycle to a random person, you'd sell a BitUSD or Bitcoin or whatever. And BitUSD was the name of their stable coin back then. Anyway, so we decided to do that. Uh, but then we were like, okay, who wants access to this? And so we, we turned our eyes to Venezuela and Argentina where people did not have access to stable currency. And we decided to give them access to a, a crypto black market or a crypto dollar black market, meaning a place where people in Argentina or Venezuela could restrictionlessly, restrictionlessly buy dollars to and from each other. So wow. if you were a random um, Argentinian, you would get in touch with a random Argentinian and you would exchange your local currency for their uh, crypto dollars in RTM. And if you wanted to sell them, then we would introduce you to a random person who would buy them from you uh, by receiving a bank transfer from them in exchange for those crypto dollars that you had. And th- this business, the, the, um, I guess the, the buying crypto dollars and selling crypto dollars to people in distressed economies grew a bunch. I grew to the point where in 2017, AirTM's exchange rate for this for these dollars that people would buy became the reference for the whole country, not because it was necessarily the biggest market, but because it was the most transparent and open market. And so if you wanted to understand what the price of your money was, you'd go to AirTM social media accounts and you'd get it. That, of course, made AirTM go viral and it was super awesome. But then at the same time, we gained notoriety in certain circles in Venezuela sure. <laughs> that were not very happy. Uh, at some point, there was a dictator telling or calling out our names on, on TV. Uh, you got which, doxxed by a dictator that wanted you dead? Imagine that. They called us financial wow. terrorists. Anyway, in 2017... That's how you know you're a hero. Huge, yeah, I guess so. I, I, when I was seven, or I guess 26, 27, that was definitely the, the coolest thing that ever happened to me. And maybe maybe even today, although now I'm pregnant or we're pregnant. And so that's probably even cooler. Yeah. Uh, but Congrats. it also made us, thank you. It also made us start looking at other places where we could deploy our infrastructure to help people cash in and cash out from the crypto economy um, that was maybe not so reliant upon the local dictator's uh, disposition to or willingness to, to let us operate because that came with a whole bunch of complications for us, as you can imagine. And so we, we went to Argentina where inflation was not so rampant as it was in Venezuela, uh, and where people maybe had other uses for digital money. And so we went to Argentina and by then we had opened up access to our platform to more than just local currency transfers, but in Argentina and Venezuela, but transfers in other countries, including the US, um, and also transfers in other electronic wallets like PayPal and the Teller, Skrill, Pioneer, the big ones, just to name a few. There's hundreds of these in RTM now. Anyway, we, we started seeing that there's 
there was all these people that were making money online, but had a tough time cashing those payments out. Meaning they would get paid in PayPal or pay Payoneer, and they would go to ATM's market to exchange their money in PayPal or Payoneer for dollars in ATM, which were very compatible with local currency. And so we decided to kind of build a, a tool to help businesses that were, I guess, using PayPal or Payoneer to deliver payments to consumers throughout Latin America uh, for them to distribute them via Airtime instead, uh, thereby saving people a lot of time and money. So it used to be that people would have to pay 20% of their money to transfer money from PayPal to local currency using the RTM exchange platform. Uh, and if they got paid natively with RTM, they could basically save 90% of that fee and they could receive a payment within minutes. And so that kind of realization together with that our users in these places really, really liked RTM, but seldomly did they have disposable income at the end of the month to save money, uh, kind of made us turn to the, um, I guess, allowed or paved the way for our mission to evolve from financial freedom to financial independence, meaning it's very important for you to be independent or to, to be able to generate independently of your country's ability to provide for you to provide opportunities for you. And so that's why we right now are very focused on helping people earn money online. Um, well, one, because people really, really need access to online jobs. And two, because we believe that joining the global digital economy is the best way for you to thrive uh, from your developing world country. And not just that, but for your country, country to thrive because, well, it's as if you're importing GDP, right? Uh, you're producing money that will end up in your local economy, will get spent in your local economy, but it doesn't come from your local economy. It comes from the outside. Uh, and so that's why we believe that the, the digital economy is so important. And how we service this digital economy is by, I guess, a combination of three services. One, a mass cross-border payment tool for enterprises that need to deliver small payments to people that work online throughout the world. And so we give them mass payment services that they could use to distribute a thousand payments or 10 payments or hundred payments to people in very far away countries. Uh, and they, they can transfer very small amounts, which is a key differentiator between ARTM and the others. Right. Meaning we can transfer, we can deliver $10 and the, the people receiving the $10 can cash out most of the money out because uh, we don't charge very high fixed fees, which are very common in other cross-border payment platforms, which are often charging $5 to cash out a payment. Secondly, we, we give digital entrepreneurs, that's what we call online earners, this dollar wallet they could use to receive a cross-border payment and cash out to the local currency. And they can cash out for 40 cents, 2% in six minutes to every single payment method locally. And so that's why RTM is different uh, than the alternatives. We're very focused on what people that are earning very low amounts of money need from their cross-border payment provider. And lastly, we create this very innovative financial infrastructure 
um, that's capable of delivering $5 to a random payment method in six minutes anywhere in the world. Wow. Um, and so that, that's kind of what Airtium does. And bringing all of these things together is a big community, uh, meaning we have these enterprises that make that, that generate opportunities, earning opportunities, and then we have these people that need to, to work for these places. And we basically put them together in a big community that allows this global digital economy to thrive. So just for the sake of long-winded answer. No, no, that was a great answer. And it's it's it was so rich with with information and so so telling about the work that you've been doing. And I wanted to ask for the for the sake of the audience, can you just briefly describe what was happening in Venezuela in 2016 and 2017? I think there was a radical inflation issue. The government was really cracking down, just so they get a sense of really what it was that made AirTM so special in that moment. Well, I guess by then in both Argentina and Venezuela um, and in Argentina at a lesser degree, there was a hyperinflation. And I guess the the textbook definition of a hyperinflation is 50% inflation month to month. Oh my God. Argentina did not have that rate, but Venezuela did. So the first dollars that we sold and or that we allowed to be exchanged, exchanged in Venezuela in 2015, were an exchange rate of, I think, 340 bolivars per dollar. Two years after, in 2017, that got to be 3 million per dollar. Then they, they reconverted. They took away five zeros. And then again, it got to where it is now, which is, again, millions of bolivars right. per dollar. And now, and this is, I think, Air Kim's largest merit so we we paved the way for a whole new infrastructure of financial services which is the the crypto dollar account and now there's a ton of crypto dollar accounts focused expressly in or specifically in in this wealth preservation use case in distressed economies Um, and so now it's it's very difficult for a current country or venezuela to want to impose currency controls. So what they do in these hyperinflating countries is they, they tell you, okay, you cannot buy dollars. It's illegal to buy dollars. And if you want to buy dollars, you have to buy them at this exchange rate. Obviously no one wants to buy at the official exchange rate. So right. there's the, 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 I guess, currency controls give birth to black markets, black currency markets where right. current currency is sold not at the official rate, but at the free market rate. And so it's, that's just basically makes it very difficult for the, for the country, for the government to impose controls because they might say that the dollar is worth X, but if it's actually worth 5X, the people are going to sell and buy at that 5X price. And it, AirTM basically and other platforms just give more outlets for people to buy and sell at the free market exchange rate and make it more difficult for the country to impose an official exchange rate. Uh, back then, we really believed in financial freedom. Or anyway, that, that's, that was our fundamental mission. Right. And we, we really did that. And now it's basically impossible for these, these dictators to impose these fictitious exchange rates. And not only that, I think that after so much time, 
we made it such that Maduro just gave up trying to control the exchange rate. And in Venezuela right now, you could basically buy uh, dollars in the bank, if there are any, but you get to buy them at the market rate, none of the government imposed official rate. Uh, so that was a big win for Airtium. So what was it like for you to go from the intern who failed his math class twice, who had terrible grades in high school to someone responsible for basically subverting uh, an entire dictatorship from being able to be 100% corrupt in terms of monetary policy? (laughs) Well, it's very self-reinforcing of the idea that I'm not meant for the traditional system. Yeah. (laughs) And that I have to make my own opportunities and find my own work in life. Uh, By now, I don't think that if anything happened, I would go back to working at a traditional company, unless it was a company that would allow me to just do what I do. Um, And I guess if I were to tell my 18-year-old self something, it would be to, I guess, to not be so anxious about not fitting in to the Mm. system. Um, And I would tell myself that, I would say, hey, Ruben, you got this. Don't worry so much about it. Don't worry so much about fitting in. It's fine. That's awesome. So let me ask you this. Would you feel safe visiting Venezuela for vacation? I don't know. Although we, <laughs> we right now work very closely with the other government, with, uh, I guess, rightful government, the government that's supported by all the other governments outside of Venezuela. And we help right. them deliver a ton of payments to, well, their supporters to their government officials we run the, the government's payroll basically we do it all from the u.s these are wow. payments that flow kind of from u.s aid or usaid um uh directly to people's air team accounts in venezuela do you feel like you have the support of the u.s government or are they have they remained sort of hands-off well, yeah, all the programs that we run for the government of Venezuela, the interim government of Venezuela, interim until it is actually the government until they hold free elections, has been in support uh, with the U.S. government. And yeah. we're only able to do it because they allow us to do it. Yeah. So what are your goals for AirTM over the next couple of years? Where would you like to see it by 2025? Well, I want us to be a true enabler of the digital economy. And I want us to double down on digital entrepreneurs through this very difficult transition that we're, we're all going to go through as an industry. And we, I'm saying we AirTM and digital entrepreneurs, but we have to face it together. And this transformation is we're living in the dawn of ChatGPT, where a lot of the people that are working online are going to have a tough time understanding themselves or re building themselves, reconstructing their, their value creation process in this new market where their jobs are going to be they're going to be replaced a lot of them uh, right. and so they're, they're going to have to figure out how it is that they will add value in this new world um, and so we, we need to help them uh, and so by in the next few years I, I wish that our ecosystem of digital entrepreneurs is thriving in this new world and is not um, not replaced 
by the new technology, but empowered by it. So where can people find you and follow you as well as engage with RTM? Uh, you can follow RTM Inc. on Twitter and you can follow me uh, at Ruben GSP. That is R-U-B-E-N-G-S-P on Twitter. Well, it's been an honor and a pleasure to have you on the Action and Ambition podcast. And I certainly hope you'll come back and join us as time passes and keep us updated as to how things are going. Good work. Thank you, Mr. Chase. It was an honor and a pleasure to, to talk to you. Likewise, and take care. You too. Thanks for listening to Action and Ambition with your host, Andrew Metal. Please leave a review and subscribe and go to andrewmetal.com for all the exclusive lessons, behind-the-scenes footage, and video content of the show. Follow us on Facebook and YouTube at Action and Ambition, and we'll see you on the next episode.